Hi everybody, this is Tucker Rosemeyer coming to you on Microdose Monday. We're here to talk about uh, spirituality, microdosing with plant medicine, uh, trauma, addiction, and everything that goes in between. We have Z uh, helping me host this from the Disruption Network. This is our first uh, show, so I, I want to welcome you, Z. Thank you for having me here. No, thanks for coming and, and choosing Disruption Network to have a platform and to uh, tell your story, not only tell your story, but to inspire others and and just try to help people and and that's what i love what you're doing right now tucker is you are helping people you're inspiring people and i think it's a perfect marriage of you coming to the d so welcome aboard thank you thank you well that's that's a great introduction uh, i think um for anybody that's not familiar with the story i think let's go back to that and let's talk about uh how this all began uh with the plant medicine uh some people will refer to it as psychedelics but plant medicine uh, back in 2017 I decided to try this this drug some people would call it ayahuasca it comes from the Amazon uh, typically Peru Ecuador Colombia I flew down to Costa Rica I uh, just got my passport and I went down there because I had been suffering with anxiety depression substance abuse just had all the material possessions, had all the things that you should be happy for, but I just wasn't happy. And uh, so I, I found this place down there called Rhythmia, and in 2017 I went down there, and uh, from the first moment that I got there, it was basically life-changing. And I think you, you brought me on here uh, five years ago, and we talked about it then. Yes, we did. Yes, and it's amazing how fast time goes by. But you know, how, back when you did have all the worldly possessions, and before you went to Rhythmia, Rhythmia, before you went to Rhythmia, why do you think you were suffering from depression? What do you think triggered all of that? Honestly, you know, so as I look back over, because I'm still the same person. I still have bad days. I still have cravings. I still want to do things like every other normal guy. But now I just have a little bit more of a thought process that goes into before. Uh, acting out, making bad decisions, doing things that I regret. Uh, I think it's a genetic code. I think just like our eyes, just like our hair, just like our skin color, that I think there's a genetic code that's passed on to us from our parents, from their parents, and so on and so on, that there's this, this code that we have that is... I want to say, you know, programmed for us to, like, have certain issues, maybe, uh, like... Uh, what would you say, a prerequisite to depression or uh, alcoholism or things like that? Maybe I'm using the wrong word. But so you're you know, saying it's hereditary. I think it's passed on through genes, so it would yeah. definitely be hereditary. I mean, I think, um, you know, everybody's got, oh, yeah, you know, Uncle Joe, so-and-so, uh, he was an alcoholic and all these things that we could see that, uh, you know, if we have a large enough family and we know who our family is, that we could see some of the patterns uh, and family, you know what I mean? Like it just—it's just—it's just the way we're programmed. We have our mother's nose or our father's hands, but we also have these behaviors that I believe that are pre-programmed and that potentially through um, nurture. You know, because that's the nature, so the nature-nurture argument, that through life experiences and things like that, that it can really accentuate the good or the bad. You know, because we all have, you know, so, actually some people have really good stuff going on and other people don't. I mean, we could look at the people like Ted Bundy or some of these serial killers that... It was in their genes, you know what I mean? But there was something probably that prompted that, and I think, uh, you know, that's that's my feeling as far as that goes. 
Take me through your first treatment, though, of ayahuasca. This is 2017. You're suffering from depression. You're, you know, you're alcoholic. You know, doing drugs, whatever. And and then you go down to arrhythmia to to this place, and then you decided to take ayahuasca to help change and, and maybe reset yourself, reset your life, recharge your battery, type of thing. Take me through that whole process. At the time, I had only heard of ayahuasca from a television show. Uh, living with the mech. It was this guy, Mark and Ollie, and it's the first time the word ayahuasca ever came in. I think this was probably 2010 or 2012. Oh, wow. And I was like, what the hell? They drink this stuff. They're in the jungle. They were puking. They were tripping. It didn't look like, I was like, this doesn't look like anything I would ever want to do because I don't, you know, psychedelics is uh, something that just wasn't my cup of tea. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. You could take something, and next thing you know, you're happy. Next thing you know, uh, potentially, you, there's people that jump out of buildings on psychedelics. Uh, so when I heard about ayahuasca, then not interested. However, the word kept coming up over the years. And uh, as I was struggling with depression, I had already used all the, the psychotropic meds, and I've gone, you know, like... Uh, Xanax, Zoloft, Paxil. All the happy pills. You know, uh, all of them. And I've tried all of them, and none of them work. Nothing, nothing, I mean, not that, listen, if you're, if, if, let's do the disclaimer now. I'm not a doctor. Uh, anything that I say is only for me, that work for me, and what I've seen in other people. So before you make, uh, listen to me about anything, uh, definitely really think it through. Do your research. If you want to talk to a doctor or you want to talk to other people, find out. But don't do anything that I've done because, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't, uh, everything doesn't always end up like that. Right. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. So for me, it was a last resort. It was like either I'm going to go drink this ayahuasca and and Costa Rica at the time, or I'm going to go to Tibet to the mountains and maybe become a Buddhist monk. I I don't know what I was going to do. I was I was definitely uh, a last resort because at the time they said this is the strongest psychedelic going. You know, so it's like I hadn't heard of anything else. It's like oh, you know, you for you could drink this stuff and for days you're going to be tripping and it's just very scary um but i was i was willing to do anything i was willing to do anything my first experience there was you know there's about 50 or 60 people it was a big ceremony everybody's wearing white except me uh <laughs> and um you know i was just everybody was basically there was there for the same purpose. They were trying to heal something in their body. Uh, they were trying to heal. Uh, and it was the most unjudge, unjudgmental setting that I had ever experienced. And it was just the beginning because that particular night was dreadfully hard on me. That it brought up, as they said, oh, Mother Ayahuasca is only going to show you the truth. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And for me, uh, it was it was a terribly horrible experience it was just brought up all types of trauma from my past uh, things that never even happened like but i thought they were happening it was it was a very scary experience and sad uh and if i didn't have the support of some of the my peers that were there i don't know how i how would i would have ended up but the thing about rhythm is that there's these other people there that it's all it just becomes one family so you're supported by by everybody uh, I went on to do four ceremonies at Rhythmia. And, um, right there in 2017? 2017, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it, was, it was I was there for a week. We did four ayahuasca ceremonies back-to-back. Oh. Uh, the fourth night was from sundown uh, to sunup. Uh, so that was a long one. 
and each time it's different. Each time it's different. There they have a different shaman every night, so it's 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 really different uh, than say, for instance, if you go to the jungle or if you go to Peru or Colombia. That that particular place, Rhythmia, has it does it a certain way. It works. It worked for me. What uh, the owner talks about there is that I think at this point they're like at ninety three percent of the people uh, report a life changing miracle. Wow. At Rhythmia. Wow. So, That's I mean, it, when I was there, it might have been 96, but, but the groups are getting bigger. It's been five years, and, you know, like, you're getting everybody from Jack Canfield, the guy that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul there. Um, you know, Bobby Brown's been there. Plenty of actors. I mean, he's well-known all throughout the world. This is like the Club Med of Ayahuasca retreats. Um and it's, you know, Gabor Mott, he's like this this uh, guy on addiction. He's been there. So ayahuasca has basically become mainstream at this point. Uh, yeah. So the main component in ayahuasca, there's a vine and there's a leaf. The vine contains the MAOI. This is a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. This allows the DMT that's in this 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 uh, leaf to remain active in the system when you drink it. Because say you just eat this, it's kind of like pot. You know what I mean? If you eat pot, you don't get high off it. You actually got to, you know, uh, put it in the oven, for, you know, decarboxylate, they call it. You know, so if you're making brownies, you have to put your pot in the oven at 200 degrees for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes to decarboxylate. So when you do eat it, you could get the cannabis uh, euphoria. It's kind of the same thing with this uh, vine and with this leaf that when you combine the two, when you cook them, uh, that it allows this beverage to be active orally when you drink it. And so that's that's the magic thing right there. So DMT is actually produced in our body, in our own pineal gland. They say it, it may be produced in the stomach as well, but the pineal gland. And basically this is the cross section, the eye, the eye of Horus goes back to... Uh, ancient times in Egypt. This is a cross-section of the pineal gland. So these Egyptians knew about the pineal gland and that it's the seed of the soul. It's the third eye, you know? And this is where the DMT comes from. And, you know, so the, the, the thing is this, is that it's illegal in the United States, DMT. But Terrence McKenna, this famous psychonaut, he says, here's the trick. He says, everybody's holding. Everybody's got DMT on them. So if you check their blood, there's DMT. It's a, it, it's a, it's like serotonin. That these are all tryptamines. DMT, psilocybin. I mean, the name of the show is Microdose Monday, and, and we're going to get to the microdosing part. But first, we want to give a little synapse of where all these things are. So these are tryptamines. DMT, psilocybin, serotonin. Uh, these are all part of this tryptamine family. And so our that's why our brain can, you know... It, it links up with the psilocybin. It links up with uh, external DMT. It links up with uh, iboga. I don't. I don't know if that that's considered a tryptamine. It's a. It's a different type of psychedelic, if you will. That one comes from Africa. It comes from a shrub. Shrub. Let's talk about the main ones right now. Okay, so ayahuasca was the first one. This is a a plant uh, and a mixture that comes from the Amazon jungle. They've been drinking it in the Amazon for thousands of years at this point. The tribes there, and there's still indigenous tribes that are living like that and that are that that work with this medicine still, and we'll refer to it as a medicine uh, because it is used in healing. So anytime we talk about like things like with all due respect, we don't you know it's not like a drug where, uh, you know, people are doing cocaine or heroin, that you feel sick after that it becomes an addiction. 
These plant medicines like ayahuasca, like even psilocybin, like iboga, bufalvarius, that these are used to facilitate healing. And, you know, in all of my experiences, I never felt guilty. I never felt dirty afterwards. I always, I mean, they've been hard. I've cried, puked, crapped my pants, you name it, everything, for every, the whole the whole section, but I've never felt like I was doing something wrong. Can you get addicted to it? I think you could get addicted to anything, you know, really. Good point. You know what I mean? Physically addicted? No. Psychologically? Potentially because, you know, I've seen some of these things. I mean, there's a dark side to all of this, too. There, You know, it, be, it can become cultish mm-hmm. that people, now they found their new group or they found this new activity, and so it can become, you know, just like anything else. I mean, you know, people get addicted to eating uh, cotton balls, you ever see those guys? They're eating cotton balls or they're drinking bleach or any of these things. So, you know, the the, the human condition is so crazy that anything can happen. So uh, it is possible. But, you know, it's not it's not, it's not not uh, a physical addiction or anything like that. Not at all. Gotcha. Yeah, because, you know, when you refer to it as drugs, that people think of the addiction side right. of things. And you said there is a dark side of this yeah, thing. Yeah, there is. And there's also some people would also say, like, ayahuasca and iboga and all that also opens up a portal of evil. Well, here's the thing. You know, I've definitely experienced that. that Have you? That, like, let's talk literally that these, these substances unlock a doorway to another dimension. That this is a literal thing. And, you know, later on we're going to have Mario on here. And, he, you know, th- the people that have been in this long enough, this is like the taboo thing to talk about. Like the dimension, the other entities, the darkness, demons. It's about, it crazy needs to stuff. be discussed. Though. It definitely needs to yeah. be d- d- discussed for sure because, um, you know, w- the people that I'm involved with and the things that I'm doing, that we, we work in a way where with its total respect – that we're not using this for greedy, greedy purposes. We're not using this for self-promotion. We're doing this with the most respect possible. Now, when somebody's working with some of these psychedelics or these uh, these plants or these substances, that if I serve, you know, like say say uh, you know, you're you're. I serve you the medicine, and then you see me as as the one that gave you the medicine, or I'm the shaman, or you know whether there's sh- you know legitimate indigenous shamans that people become to look at them as the savior. You know what I mean, and th- and that's the problem because some of these people, after years and years of hearing it, they start to believe that they are that they're the healer, that they're the you know that they're you know, this is, Bufo is called the God molecule, and, you know, people come out of it thinking they're God. And I, to a degree, I, I agree that we're all specks of this giant cookie that exploded at one point, that we're all parts of God, but by no means am I the, the Alpha and the Omega, you know, and uh, this is what can happen. You know, I mean, like all of these things, you know, talk about the dark side quick is like the Messiah complex. Somebody uses medicine and all of a sudden they, they want to become the shaman or they want to become the provider. And, uh, you know, now they're, they're, they're doing all these things, you know, and, and uh, that happens. There's, you know, the things where people want to follow, they quit their job, they leave their spouse. That happens, you know, so it's very, you know, it's 
when you're going into this, that's why like that's what this podcast is about is to just be completely transparent, to have clarity, to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all of it. Because I really think there's a lot more good. There's a lot more beauty that's happening. But at the same time, there are people that are being abused. The medicine's being abused and greed, and, and just like with any other. And now it's becoming mainstream, and it's an industry. So there's ayahuasca retreats all over the world at this point. There's weekend retreats. There's underground retreats because in the United States right now it's still illegal but there are people that are applying for like religious permits to have this uh, you know like there's a place called Soul Quest in Florida you could go drink ayahuasca I don't know if the stuff contains DMT because tip you could you could have an ayahuasca vine it's completely legal it's only an MAOI it's when you get another you know if you get the one plant that has the DMT in it and you put them together now you just create an illegal substance so you could have the DMT plant here you could do whatever you want with it. You could have the uh, the MAOI here do whatever you want with it. But as soon as you put them two together, now you've now you've created an illegal substance. Not to go down the political rabbit hole, but I'm going to real quick. Why do you think it's illegal in the United States? Ah, uh, you know, I think this goes back to like you know when they made marijuana illegal. You know what I mean? When they you know when they made all these substances illegal, I think that there was a big push in the pharmaceutical industry to like get away from natural substances, and I think that happened. You know, was it was it Rockefeller that started? The, he was one of the ones that started the the pharmaceutical industry, petroleum based medicines, and like made all these other ones look bad. So I think that it started there, and I think that you know the way our government is set up right now that they're I mean they 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 were saying you know marijuana is still illegal federally. They're saying that there's no medical use to it. Now, we know damn well that it's being used in, in medical situations. So why are the feds so far behind on just marijuana? Uh, right now, Oregon just uh, decriminalized psilocybin. Uh, I believe San Francisco followed. So there's a lot of decriminalization things that are going on. Uh, and, you know, I mean, let's, let's look at it. In New York, they're making marijuana legal. They're not doing it for us. They're doing it to make tax money yeah. on it. You know, I mean, it's not like because, oh, yeah, we want to give you a freedom back. Usually when they take a freedom, forget it, it's gone. Well, make money off it, and now we'll give it back to you. Right. And that's what's going on with cannabis. So The red tape state, New yeah, York state. Yeah. They always uh, try to get their hands in your pocket one way, shape, or form, right? I mean, they're getting it, too. You know, I mean, I, sure. I went to Massachusetts and, and uh, you know, tried out the legal cannabis there, and yeah. an eighth is $60. Yeah, it's ridiculous. $60 for an eighth of pot. Yeah. It's crazy. And and 30 of it was taxes. Right. The best bang for your buck if you're going to go to this dispensary is, is the, the pre-rolls. And you could buy, like, 10 of them for, like, It's because that's bucks. all the shake, though. That's the, that's the best way to go. Is it the best? Is it? <laughs> I think so. It's more your more economic way to go if, know, if you're going to go to go to Massachusetts. But th- we're not here to talk about weed and all that other no. stuff. We're here pretty much to talk about ayahuasca and psilocybin. Psilocybin, I mean, microdose Monday. So, you know, let, let's talk. It's, it's Monday. Uh, and what is microdose Monday? Microdose Mondays, normally we hate Mondays, right? We don't want to go back to work. We're dreading it. Uh, and I think, you know, microdosing in my life, and, and if anybody's seen the movie Limitless, you see the movie Limitless with, with Bradley Cooper? I haven't. That there was this drug, right? And I forget what the hell the name of it was, but it just made him function at a better level. He was computing things. He just figured things out. And I almost feel, I mean, like this is a, it's a stretch to compare it, but that microdosing with psilocybin, you know, for this one we're going to talk about right now is microdosing with psilocybin. What is psilocybin? Psilocybin comes from uh, 
psilocybe cubensis mushrooms. These are called magic mushrooms, and they grow everywhere in the world. That they contain this this chemical called psilocybin. It converts to psilocin in our brain, uh, which are illegal in New York State. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put that disclaimer out there. However, um, microdosing with these things can potentially help with addiction, help with smoking, help with bad eating habits, depression. That I've seen it personally change people's lives. An angry man walking around for 49 years of his life after three months of microdosing with psilocybin, he's like a different person. Mm-hmm. I've seen it too. Yeah. I've seen it um, not only just with that, but with addiction and uh, just, you know, in a month's time, as you say, microdose. So explain to everybody like what a microdose a is. A true microdose is a subperceptual dose. So let's say, for instance, we're going to talk and we're going to go into the metric system now. Let's say uh, with psilocybin, we're talking grams. Okay. So a macro dose, which would be uh, a dose that you would feel, can range anywhere from a half a gram. Say up to five grams, which is considered the hero's dose. People that take five grams of psilocybin, uh, th- th- this is not a, a beginner's dose. This is definitely an advanced, intermediate to far advanced dose. Five grams is like, it's labeled the hero's dose by Terrence McKenna. If you don't know who Terrence McKenna is, Google it because there's hours and hours about this guy uh, and his brother Dennis. Terrence is now dead. Uh, his brother Dennis is alive, but he's ethno ethnobotanist is what they were. They were one of the first uh, brothers to travel down to Peru and drink ayahuasca and talk about it. All the psychedelics. So we, re- I got the chills talking about it. So we want to give props to Terrence and Dennis McKenna. Um, and actually, my friend Dean Jeffries. Uh, was the last person to interview Terrence McKenna alive. Uh, and I believe, you know, you can catch that on YouTube too. So if you look for that, uh, Dean Jeffries, he's another pioneer in this in this movement. Uh, I think he had the first uh, documentary on ayahuasca. It's called Shamans of the Amazon, and it's actually on uh, Amazon. So you can watch that. Uh, to, and, and honestly, there's a lot of, I'm jumping around here, but I'm just putting some information out. So I'm just like throwing, you know, the, the Velcro balls against the wall. Something might stick. There's so many good documentaries out really about this psychedelic movement, this plant medicine movement, ayahuasca, iboga, uh, that these that we're doing these things not to get high, but to try and heal. Mm-hmm. To heal from what? Heal from trauma. From you know, depression is just a symptom of a deeper illness. And I, you know, when I talk to people about it, it's like that's just a symptom. That there's something at the root, and that's what these medicines do. Is they help you get to that root. What is it? What was it bothering me? And sometimes it could just you know, it's you know they refer to it as peeling away the onion. You know, it's like a lot of our stuff is rooted in childhood. You know. And, and it's true, uh, without judgment, you know, that we can begin to look at our childhood. Were we nurtured enough? Did we receive what we needed? Uh, you know, so we look back, and, and, and that's where the, a lot of the trauma stems from. So by using these these substances, these plants, in a ceremonial way, and I always like to say this because the ceremony is the best part. 
You know what I mean? I've been in ceremonies in Colombia drinking ayahuasca up there. They call it yahe or down there. They call it yahe because it's a different part of the Amazon. You know, so as you travel from the Amazon basin in Colombia, which I've been, I think you go through Ecuador, then you get to Peru, you know what I mean, Brazil, that there's, you know, it's this, you know, the vine kind of changes a little bit, uh, but it's still ayahuasca. The name may change, the ceremony may change, and the, and the tribes definitely change. I mean, compare a tribe and Peru versus Brazil, you know, it's very different. So their traditions are different, but they're all using this same medicine for thousands of years and they use it to cure basically their spiritual sicknesses so if in in the, in the jungles in the tribes if somebody's sick they don't look at it as a physical thing the physical thing is the symptom the true problem lies in the spirit so they go after the root and i think this is where western medicine is kind of like we're just treating symptoms prozac you know yeah that just you know but we were depressed before but why were we depressed we drank alcohol. Why did we choose to, like, you know, get blackout drunk five nights of the week? Sexual trauma. That's there. That could have happened at a young age. Now people are drinking in their teens or in there just to block it out because it's coming up. All of these things, uh, I've seen it in, in all of these ceremonies in the places that I've traveled, which are Colombia, Peru, Costa Rica, Mexico, that I've been, and across the United States, that I've been involved in underground ceremonies across the United States. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just as good that, th that these shamans are coming to this country, that people are going there and being trained. Because you, this is something... It's not wrong. You know what I mean? There's nothing uh, malevolent about some of these people that are doing this. And that when something's good and something's right, it's going to make it either way. You're not going to stop this movement. That people are, you know, the light is shining in the darkness. It's going to illuminate. And that's what uh, using ayahuasca, using iboga, using the, the toad medicine, which we're going to talk about very soon, using psilocybin with respect and, and, and purpose to heal, you're not going to stop it. Okay. The laws are going to change because it changes people because, you know, this senator is going to have a nephew that was healed. And, then, you know, even this, I mean, like, I know that um, Hunter Biden, I don't want to bring in politics. I'm not a, a, a Biden fan anyways, but Hunter Biden used Ibogaine and he also, I believe, uh, smoked the toad. And I think he talked about it in a book, and I wish I did a little bit more homework about it so I could talk about that. We could save it for another episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll get him on. Yeah, that would be great, too. <laughs> you know, this country is dealing hey, Hunter, with... Hey, where's that laptop? What's in there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with a serious mental health issue in this country right now. And, you know, they say the, the brightest lights always come in the darkest places. So, like this right here, and this is why I want you to have this platform is to help people, you know, try to adjust their mental health a little bit and maybe inspire some people here and there. I mean, if we could get to one person with what you're preaching and what you're talking about and what you're teaching. That's the idea. And that's the idea that's, that's here the with idea. this whole Microdose one, Monday. One person at a time. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to change the world. I don't want anybody to listen to me and do anything. But if what I'm saying to you, if looking at me hit strikes a chord, if you've had, if you know somebody that, that, that uh, you know, could listen to, you know, not everybody should drink ayahuasca. Not everybody should do iboga. Not, not a, this is not for everybody. This is, you know, it's like uh, for certain people that feel called to it. And that's the whole thing is that 
there are other means to heal. Like, hey, you want to go to AA? You got to drink a problem. AA's helped a lot of people, but it's not gonna it's not gonna save everybody. So, you know, so for this small group of people, maybe this plant medicine is a path for them. All right. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about ayahuasca because ayahuasca was the foundation for my original healing, and uh, all props to ayahuasca. Rhythmia is one of the, is one of the plant medicine uh, places that I went to. It's in Costa Rica. You can find it on the web. Uh, Gerard Armand Paul is the founder of Rhythmia. I know him personally. I'm, I have his number. Uh, I haven't talked to him that much lately, but I always reach out to him. Uh, if anybody's thinking about ayahuasca and they look at Rhythmia, then that would be that would be a good option. But there's, I mean, there's other ayahuasca uh, places that that serve ayahuasca. So there's always. It's like you have to, you know, really feel called to go work with that medicine and that's any of them you know and not all the all of these plant medicines are psychedelics either like two of the ones that i'm working with going to be in frankfurt and which are completely legal uh at uh, kinetic energy in frankfurt it's a yoga studio on 6 15 wednesday so it'll be wednesday at, uh 6 15 at 6 30 is when we're doing a sound bath so we're going to be working with uh crystal bowls tibetan bowls chimes maybe the drum i have uh there's uh, there's other instruments with that we're using sound in conjunction with these two other medicines now one is called rape rape and spelled r-a-p-e with an asterisk over the e some people pronounce it hape uh but what this is this is a tobacco snuff that comes from the amazon that they grind uh, tobacco up with other ash from other plants for specific ones and they use this uh as a snuff it gets blown up your nose and grandfather <laughs> yeah it listen this is it, it will clear you that tobacco in in this whole scheme of things is considered the grandfather spirit over all of them over ayahuasca over iboga that tobacco gets the props from all the other ones that's why these old uh, indigenous native americans they would always go offer tobacco they're offering tobacco to the land as an offering that's the it's the best gift that you can give so uh, and probably later on we'll talk about you know what tobacco is and what some of these other ones are and how 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 they can be used in respect uh, to you know to actually help cure uh, the habit potentially of smoking, you know what I mean? That you change your relationship with it. So that's one of the medicines we're working with and also another one is called Sananga and these are Amazonian eye drops. And what they do is they clear energy real quick. Uh, it is, you know, so I, we served him on the Keeler show uh, yesterday. The guy jumped out of the chair. It can be painful, but this is the best thing about him. I should have brought him today. I forget you to do him. Next time I'll bring him. That you drop him in your eyes, and the reality is, is that you feel it, and it forces you to go into a meditation. That It's painful. It's like you're not thinking about anything else. But the, the tribes use it before they go hunting at night because it opens up your vision. They, they're using it for cataracts. They're using it for glaucoma. And you, they're using it for a lot of spiritual uh, illnesses because it just can clear you right out. Wow. It's amazing stuff. It's an eye drop. Sananga. So what do you put, like a drop in each eye? or Regular people use a drop. I could take up to 10 because wow. I, 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 I make the pain my ally. And this is what I tell people when I serve them, that we don't have to run from pain, that we can embrace the pain. And what, what if pain has no power over you? Then, what, then what's left? It's so empowering. You know, if, it's kind of like tattoos. Remember when tattoos used to be fun to get? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what because this is only like a five or ten minute thing. You know, if it lasted for three hours, I would be like, the hell with that. You know what I mean? But uh, is it a hallucination? No, it's, you're not hallucinating. Not at hallucinating all? No. at all. You know, you drop it in, and basically, you know, it, it hits you right away. And afterwards, you're 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 feeling very clear. So, at the sound bath, what we're doing is, you know, we're we're working with the two medicines, one at the beginning, one at the end, and with the sound to move energy. You know what I mean? And there, we had like 13 people last time, uh, and everybody left happy. It's a 13. It's a 30 dollar donation. If you don't have the 30, it's a sliding scale. Uh, you know, so. You got five bucks, and that's all you got. You can come. You can come for five bucks. You come for nothing if you want. It's not about the money. It's just a donation because they got to keep the bills. You know, pay the bills over there at uh, Kinetic Energy. Leah Brink, she's great. Uh, and this is my second time being invited there for the sound bath. We also did a, a past life regression uh, session there. What's that like? That was pretty good because I used to. I was certified in hypnosis in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. And uh, what I used to do is facilitate past life regressions through hypnosis. And I've, I don't know, I've hypnotized, I don't know, over 100 people. At one time, I had Chobani yogurt as a contract, and uh, I was doing uh, hypnosis for smoking there. I think I was like 20, 20 or 25 people there where I did a group session. I like to work one on one with the hypnosis, I don't do it anymore. Um, but I decided to, you know, step out of retirement and, and offer this past life hypnosis group. And I tell you what, there was, it, you know, there was men and women there. And it really, you know, people got into it. There were people crying. There was people, uh, you know, like second guessing things. Some people, some people it didn't work for. I think we moved some energy there too. And this is, this is what, this is all I'm about, man. You know, it was like a lot of people know me through Slice Pizzeria, through the Purple Cow, through Karma, uh, you know, and all those places and, and with my food. And, and I really appreciate that. And I really put my heart into that. Yes, you did. But, uh, and I still do. Right now, I'm trying to just bring what I know as far as this healing, you know, because I've, uh, I've my life has been touched by substance abuse, that I've lost a lot of friends, I've lost family members to mental health. Uh, you know, because substance abuse isn't just substance abuse. There's a mental health issue uh, underlying in, in, in the substance Absolutely. abuse. Absolutely. So let's be clear about that. So, I've, you know, it's, it's it touches my heart because I still got a lot of friends out there that are uh, some friends that are still struggling with, with addiction, that are struggling with um, mental health. And I think this is an option for some of them. I mean, some people wouldn't think twice to sniff a line of cocaine that's a foot long. You know, okay, well, now come come and, uh, come to an ayahuasca ceremony and see why you want to sniff that line of cocaine or or, or heroin or, or whatever's going on. That I, that I think that these are valid uh, options to work with these plants, uh, to just get involved uh, and just see if, if, if this is something for you. 